there's no war in Ba Sing Se. What are you talking about? Where do you think all the refugees come from? You can't hide it. There is no war within the walls. Here we are safe. Here we are free. There she is. Sneaky bitch. I am. Ken, or what? Is there anything you're really excited for figure-wise coming up? Um, like, like, in big important ones or just like stuff on the horizon? I mean, just whatever you want to find it. Just the one like I am excited for this figure. Thinking about it brings me joy. I might um, masturbate to it. <laughs> so like there's ones that are on the periphery. Like they're like, oh, they're way out there. Um, that I have pre-ordered. Um, but right now there's a there's a retro Spider-Man uh, Marvel Legends that, that's kind of in the ether. Uh, and that one I'm looking forward to. Um, I'll, I'll send a, t- a picture in chat. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of the retro Marvel Legends. I feel like there's stuff I have. You know, I, I, I easiest way to do that to know is go to BigBadToyStore.com and look up your pre-orders. That's right, folks. Big Bad Toy Store. They are your place for the biggest, baddest toys in the block. While you're actually, doing that, that sounds professional. Yeah, that's pretty I, good. We have moments. That. Hey, <laughs> while you're doing that, you may need a thirsty refreshment. You're thirsty and you need a refreshment. Maybe you should try Great Notion Beer, the brewery from Portland that gets you drunk. <laughs> It'll get you drunk. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> you won't want to fight anyone because it's from Portland. So the only thing you'll be fighting is fascism. are the cops. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I said mean, fascism. <laughs> that, there you go. Um, oh, there's a new Nightwing. Uh, Matt hmm. uh, Mayfex. That's looking really good. Wait, seventies, like seventies Nightwing? No, uh, like nineties. Um, oh God, Brian Stelfreeze Nightwing, which is like the best Nightwing. Uh, it's oh, okay. it's it is the Hush version though, so it's like Jim Lee take on that. So it's but it's really good. Oh, there's also an Aliens model for the power loader. So you build the power loader in one twelve scale, so I could then put Nightwing in a power loader from Aliens. Those are pretty. Those are that's, pretty. Yeah, that's the only way to fight Bane. Honestly, yeah. fuck you, Bane. I'm so strong. <laughs> well, now I'm just strangling you with a. Power I must loader. break you, motherfucker! What are you doing? Oh, oh God! <laughs> no, not out of the airlock. <laughs> no, the fire doesn't rise in space. We can talk about this, can't we? I mean, sure, I'm a bad guy, but. <laughs> Just a discussion. <laughs> those are that's those are two of the most recent things that kind of popped up on my radar. I mean, there's like other like uh, they're doing some Ronin Warriors figures that I really love. I'm looking forward to a Fennec Shand from uh, Fennec Shand is uh, Ming Na Wen from Mandalorian and Boba Fett and Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, what just happened? Just oh. showing you some of the editing bay. <laughs> One of the screens we got up there. Geriatric adjective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we go deep into that one. <laughs> Fair enough. That seems like something we should go deep into. Yeah, it's a good stuff. Hey, hey, it's magic. Fucking Ang's, excuse me, Ong is old. It's Ang. They 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 say That's Ang in the show. Is, uh... Name is Ong. And I'm the Avatar. Uh, I do have an interview with uh, M. Night Shyamalan in here as well. What did... <laughs> What did that asshole say about the name change? 
Uh, it wasn't, they weren't particularly interviewing about that. They were, the interviews about uh, people hating him. Especially so the they US. were interviewing about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, I don't understand why American audiences hate me. And it seems like it's getting worse. Because <laughs> your movies are shit. <laughs> yeah. But he's also I did enjoy to... Devil. Is that the elevator one? Yeah. I did enjoy that one. Yeah. I actually, I know the toast thing is really stupid. Ken, have you seen Devil? So I don't, I don't really care either. It's one that was like, I'll I mean, I right there. spoiler alert people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not bad. People go ahead and watch it. I guess that's the spoiler. It's, it's, it's not, and it's not, there, it's, he's had it's much worse movies. Good. Yeah. Um, there is movies. a scene where someone is showing that evil is present by throwing toast up in the air and it always lands jelly side down. Yeah. I think that, that has to be some kind of like international superstition. I mean, I'm sure it's a superstition in multiple cultures. The fact that they tried to make a point of it, like I don't, they were kind of playing it for laughs, but also he was like really serious about it. Look. What are you doing? When he's near, everything goes wrong. Toast falls jelly side down. Children hit tables and people get hurt. Please do not want to hear this stuff from yours, okay? So just stop now. Sometimes he takes human form and torments the damned on earth before stealing them away. Where I come from, we call it the devil's meat. But like that's I'm I'm really puzzled because like that's just science, right? Though, like that it's gonna land jelly side down because the the weight of the jelly would keep it. I mean, I'm not a I'm clearly not a scientist. A, am I a jelly scientist? <clears throat> do I do a lot of jelly research. Speak English, Doc. We ain't scientists. I heard you you have a, a doctorate I'll, in toastology. So. I'll tell you right yeah. now. Toast. The devil believes in science. Yeah. That's the jelly. <laughs> I thought you took a ma- I t- thought you took a major in toast and a minor in jelly, okay? No. I'm sorry, no. my bad. It was all butter. So so minor he forgot. <laughs> that's it. You know, <laughs> that's the minorest. Just the butter on toast is not bad. I am I am butter a fan toast of the best. Yeah. You I mean, let's be honest though, butter on most things is, is amazing. Yeah, fair enough. Garlic butter. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, you throw some garlic right, in well, that. Well, we're bun. done, folks. And, we're going to go eat. Garlic <laughs> bread. Welcome to the garlic bread podcast. A little butter, a little, butter, <laughs> a little sugar, a little cinnamon, a nice piece of toast. Sounds, sounds, sounds a little similar to our, our last podcast of more butter on toast. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Not really. We ran out of breads to talk about. Oh, you got sourdoughs. You got the challah breads. When you do that cinnamon rolls with this with the raisin Ooh, swirls, I love mm. that one. That is really good. Days on shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's that's about it. We haven't even touched on multigrain, and that's like a thousand different breads. I'm surprised they haven't made burgers with that kind of stuff, with the, the cinnamon toast with the raisin in it. 
I guarantee I, they have. I'm yeah, I would imagine since since I mean, people they have used donuts. Donut. Yeah, yeah. I say since people have done donuts, I can see them doing the cinnamon. Yeah, I can see it happening. I just, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, that's. I figured Guy Fieri have it somewhere in his back pocket. I mean, I mean, have you been to Guy Fieri's restaurant? I haven't, but I've have seen the menu. But I'd say fair enough. You are in Florida, and that's the most kind of like, who wants to eat something? I've got a fucking idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's, um, that does seem like Florida, sir. Yeah. Chicago would like to have a word with you. I was going to say, I know that I believe Chicago's more like meats, though. Like, but I isn't, think... isn't Ohio the test bed state of every every like <clears throat> KFC? All of them have their test their test stores are in Ohio. I believe so. Wisconsin is the state where instead of like the popcorn machine at the bar, they have like bacon. What? That is what I have been told. I don't uh, even like bars, Madison. but I just, I just go there for like, ah, you get a little bit, can I get a bowl over here? Yeah. You have the drink. I'm still, I'm still going to the beer menu. Okay. I'm still thinking. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm, still I, I, it's, I'm not going to lie. I'm guessing the beer menu is, you know, it's Milwaukee. So Miller, Miller Light, Miller High Life. Pick one. Are those right all from now. Milwaukee? Wouldn't it be Milwaukee? Wait, 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 Milwaukee? Or whatever. Yeah, Miller's Milwaukee. Yeah, but isn't there like a Milwaukee beer actually? Like a old beer Milwaukee. Old Milwaukee. There we go. Yeah, in the fancier places. Wait, wait. So you tell me I can't get a Coors banquet? I can't sit back with my buddy I mean, Johnny Lawrence and have a you, Coors banquet. But you're not going to be allowed in the, in the state. Yeah, you can, but they're going to throw you out and shoot you. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I think they. You want a Budweiser too, you St. Louis piece of shit? <laughs> go across the border, you asshole. Fuck I, out of here. I only know about Coors Bank because of Johnny Lawrence. So that's really, that's, that's my biggest <laughs> that's, that's, only, that's the only way to know it anyway. Don't actually <clears throat> drink it. But they come with those little glass glass bottles. They look so enticing. Like, I don't know. Well, they have to, it's like ugly people. They have to compensate. They have to make up for all the, the gotcha. stuff they lack. But they, they're like little cor- yellow, well, like- different. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Is that more, is that more advertising? Yellow. I mean, it's a, or a description of me, depending on your point of view. Are you- <laughs> um, this is like the Coors Light can that turns blue so you know it's cold. Like, that doesn't help the beer. We have a code blue. Code what? Code blue. Woo! Code blue. Code blue. Divide by the total of sales, you'll see how we came up with the 10%. Code blue. Code blue. The cold activated bottle from Coors Light. The mountains on the label turn blue when your beer is as cold as the Rockies. Oh, what? It does. I just, instead of touching <laughs> it, cold. I don't now have to cold. feel it to know it's cold. <laughs> the beer, that beer cold, over there, that's warm. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but yeah that exactly. one right there. For me today. A lot of F-bombs. I apologize. Well, fuck shit, cocksuck. <laughs> that's because you're not drinking your uh, banquet of beers. I'm not. I'm not, not having. A, I'm not having a banquet of beers. That is true. That, that's a lot of beers. <laughs> today, today it is the major melon of Mountain Dew. Ooh, major melon. Ooh. Major melon. What does that one yeah. taste like? Watermelon. Okay. Does yeah. it actually taste like watermelon? Or does it taste yeah. like battery it ta- acid? It tastes like watermelon. It tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Like, Ooh. like not like a real watermelon. Just like, just like you know when you get a banana flavored, uh, like banana flavored quick yellow uh, milk. Yeah, it, t- it tastes flavor. like fig tastes banana. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like banana like taffy, yeah, or banana runs exactly that. Like, yeah. but my brain likes those chemicals, so I'm like, woohoo! Yeah, no, like well, uh, you were you were raised in the 80s. You damn well should be. Damn right, I was raised your body, in the 80s and I was upper lower middle class. So they're I like, was raised on, I was raised on Ecto Cooler. I don't know what the flavor oh, was. Oh, uh, tangerine, 
It's tangerine. It's fantastic. So that was not fucking so tan- That wasn't even good. close to tangerine. I mean, that's that's the flavors they mixed and, and used tangerine. for tangerine. And when did they, they use, did they just use tangerine coloring? I mean, no, because the coloring was green. What the um, fuck? Yeah, they weren't right. When it when they when they lost when they left the license for Ecto Cooler, they still sold it as like I want to say tangerine, tangerine dream, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like nobody wants this shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I want the ghost that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. this tastes like trash without Slimer. Well, that was the thing. Like, so when the 2016 movie rolled around, they didn't have the license for Slimer, so they couldn't put it on the cans, but they were able to sell it. But then when they brought it back for the for Ghostbusters Afterlife, they had the license for for Slimer, but because of the way it was done, they couldn't sell it. It was only a promotional item. <laughs> so like you had what, like, what oh, was the license for Slimer. Uh, it, well, it, I think it's more the license for the art. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Could they own version of Slimer? They could have, but then they decided not to. So, because they're like, well, let's just reuse it. But that way it had to be a promotional item, which is a, is, is horrible. They should have just given it, like, found a way, sell this stuff, make your money, and li- yeah. like, just give it. It was Orange Tangerine. Life finds a way. Mm-hmm. Orange Tangerine. That sounds redundant. I mean, a tangerine. Those are different is, fruits. It's always I know. tangerine. <laughs> oh, we got Michael Caine back on the show. Every time I got to do that accent, it is literally the size of a tangerine. tangerine. Fucking assholes. <laughs> and then Kareem, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for uh, yeah, I'm waiting for Ice T to show up. <laughs> Don't tempt him. Well, look at me, I just know stuff. And Chris Hemsworth, the whole gallery. <laughs> I say, wait, do we have? I don't know. We've had. Have we had a Hemsworth? Um, no. Uh, yeah, you did Hemsworth. You did Hemsworth a few a few podcasts ago. Wow. All right, Jason. Wow, you were just. Was it Liam? Oh, would you? Okay. Uh, You're a young Chris. Frank okay. Caliendo. <laughs> <laughs> don't be him. Don't be him. But their defense offended me. That's how bad it was. It was crazy. They need to be all over Kobe Bryant, just like we need to be all over Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il is nuts. He's going to blow up the world because he's a knucklehead. You can't give a little guy with a little man complex a nuclear missile. That's crazy. That's a recipe for disaster, Kenny. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded terrible. I like the creeps camera. Why is your camera drug? I can't. I can't do it. It's supposed to be like on focus. There we go. Really? But I, was, I started. Uh... I started laughing. My head shifted. The camera was like, "Wait, he's out of fucking... he's out of frame." The camera's got a goddamn targeting <laughs> system. Like, it's just like it. Like it bashfully looked away. That was the camera. Like, just like oh, let him I think laugh. It, I think my camera is laughing at you, Ken. That's fair enough. I, I'm I'm very laughable. I think your camera has the Ed 209 targeting system. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Very bad. But not not the, not the Robocop one or the Terminator one. Very specific Ed 209 no. where it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. shoot up everything. You have 10 seconds to comply. Yeah. <laughs> like and there's a 30% possibility it's just gonna like shoot off like oh it's got drift. It shoot so hard <laughs> that it falls backwards. <laughs> oh, where your camera's on those stupid legs. Well, I mean, why not have a tripod? Or was it a bipod, this, right? This is totally off topic, but it's great. Really? Um, I <laughs> saw a video this weekend that um, the bitches leave scene. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not I still know. need to get that clip for cream. I did not know that the director, the reason it is in there is because the director evidently did not understand that bitches is a pejorative for women. They, they didn't seem to have a problem with it at all. You know, they were like, okay, fine, sure. Very good. Thank you, bitches. Very good. That's a wrap on the bitches. Thank you very much, bitches. So on set, he's just literally like, and then the bitches come here, and then the bitches go there. Maybe the bitch, and literally just not, just like, that's just how you refer to women. Is I will send you the clip. Van, is what is his name? Incredible. Van. Uh, Paul Vanderhoeven. Uh, Van yeah. yeah. I may have said What else did he do? Verhoeven. Starship Trooper. Van, Verhoeven, Ver, thank you. Paul yeah. Verhoeven. Stars, yeah, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah. He, uh, well, th- there's a lot going on in that movie. But uh, I think we had, we actually had an interview in our b-roll about the the costume for um robocop and we were oh, talking yeah? about how, how slender uh what's what's the guy's the actor's oh, name uh, peter weller peter weller peter weller had to be in order to fit into the suit yeah yeah it's a it's a whole and he goes he goes i mean I, when i hear him speak about robocop i was like dude it's a lot smarter than i gave him credit for i think i was just associating his character with i mean his personality with this character who was a, sort of kind of an idiot but uh hearing him speak about it, i'm like Man, they really they really believed in this movie. <clears throat> a really yeah, he, good movie. He yeah, he's done a he's also like he did some interviews for Star Trek as well because mm-hmm. he was in Star Trek 2 Wrath or not Into Darkness. Yes. And then he also did Batman, I'm sorry, The Dark Knight Legends of the Dark Knight Returns and he was he was the titular Batman. Um and he's done interviews in all those times and he's he's always come off as 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 being far more yeah. uh crit- not critical, but uh thoughtful of his roles like he, he actually puts a lot of time and thought into it but it, which is because i guess he does a lot more stage stuff in the interim because it's like robocop was his kind of one mainstream show of it and then he he departed uh, for the Buckaroo stage banzai exists oh right that's i'm sorry you know that's Dare one you. movie i have never seen oh that i, uh, I have again it's just like it so shy <laughs> gotta stop talking Kate. i like that you gotta face off your camera to get it back hey <laughs> <laughs> I don't think kids ever laugh that hard on this podcast ever. That was so because I just I just picture John Travolta, John Travolta going, and the kid going yeah. like, "What are you doing? Why don't, are don't you? Talk. Why this what, is the weirdest thing? Like you're not my, actually touching me, but it's weird, Dad. My I last family were drug orphanage. addicts, and they're better than this. This is yes. what's going on here. Could Where's, you shoot uh, each other? Services. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that to Michelle once and we almost didn't get married. <laughs> it's fair. Rightfully I so. I couldn't be mad at her. Like, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, you, before no, before we start, wrong. I just had to answer the question. Maybe this would be topic for a different pod. But if they did a remake, who would you recast for face off? In, in in both I'm roles. keeping Nick Cage. Okay. Hmm. This is <laughs> great podcasting. No, I'm trying to think what. Oh, I this is good. We'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, unless unless Pat comes up with some gold names that initially popped in my head for hilarity: Idris Elba, Tom Holland, Charlize Theron. Okay, a guy girl situation. Why not? That'd be kind of cool. Tuck and cover. <laughs> Just so you could say that. Yes. Tuck and cover. <laughs> oh my um, those are the first ones that just like automatically okay. popped in but i'm keeping nick cage because i need to see him try and act like 
John Travolta acting like Nick Cage is one thing. It's just like, oh, crazy Travolta. But Nick Cage trying to act like John Travolta, that is a tour de force of... So, so now you want him to act is. like Idris Elba? Yeah. <laughs> Think about that a second. Think about Nicolas Cage trying to act like Idris Elba. The first person that came to my mind was Jack Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you said, oh, whatever's happening, I'm still keeping Jack Black. So I'm like, OK, so then Jack Black in the Travolta role and Nick Cage in the Nick Cage role and just go from there. And then since you said Tom Holland, Tom Holland as the son of uh, the Tom, Tom Holland as the son of both Nick Cage and of with a different wig uh, the, yeah just different wigs like one's a black haired wig one's a, a blonde that's and that's i do like the idris elbow though that, that that's so, definitely so, like, it, so we're doing a comedy right that's yeah, yeah, what i'm getting at oh, no, wait, not, <laughs> not on purpose played played completely serious yes. okay and like, I, I was gonna say because like they're not for shot <laughs> this has nothing to do with like spies fbi this is just like two guys working at a bakery or something <laughs> no no again shot no. for shot remake yeah, okay. we are, it is the same movie. Get John Woo here now. Has John Woo made a movie in like... It doesn't matter. He's making one right now. Okay. Or you Make... find a gentleman named John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Someone <laughs> legally changes their name to John Woo. Not even that. Sounds Someone good. has a business card that says John Woo on it. And it's not even spelled the same. No, it's Right, fine. exactly. It's John Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So you got Ric Flair. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Ric like, Flair. Uh, and John Woo hasn't done anything since Manhunt in 2017. Okay. Right. Maybe he's working on something. Yeah. All I want to do is now recast films. That's it. I'm just like, yeah. No, like, okay. Like 90s films. Like, how do you recast Con Air? Who's in the mm. Chief O'Brien role? Are you really just recasting Nick Cage movies? No, I but, mean, that, that, I, but we're mind. not recasting Nick Cage, though. No, no. We're just yeah. recasting everyone around Unless him. Unless yeah. we'll Nick Cage has moved to another role within the film. Ooh. So now he's Cyrus the Virus. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Best line in the movie ever. Say, Anara. <laughs> that was such a shitty movie in retrospect, but I watched the hell out of it. I yeah. saw it recently. It's terrible, but great. Well, it's one of those things too, of like because at the time, like it was the changeover to DVD. So many people were like, "Well, we got to get the DVD." Well, it's it's DVDs that were in your collection simply because it was that time. Like now, it's like, oh, well, you know, even r- rewind ten years, like, oh, you were far more critical of like which DVDs you would buy, and but at the time, it was like, well, it's it's <clears throat> it's in high definition, guys, like. True. My, my TV is 720p. Like we've got to watch these DVDs. Like that's <laughs> like you got to see this. Like this is cutting edge. And so yeah, you like everyone had in those stupid Warner Brothers cardboard cases. Like you're mm-hmm. just like uh, fine, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that all the Warner Brothers were in the shit cases. Like, can you just bring for the plastic, you assholes? Was, and was New Line as well? But then they switched over because I think I remember. I, One of them you, did. I don't even I remember like what New Line Blade. DVDs I would have had. Oh, I feel like yeah, Blade yeah, right. was one that was crappy cardboard. But they switched because I think I, I think that eventually ends up in plastic. And then well, they, they always released like one of those the special edition. Ones. Yeah. Well, and they released a special edition. Like I think I have 
for some reason fight club and like the special like ooh, it comes aluminum. out of a box yeah no not the aluminum come on okay no Let's i mean calm down. maybe i'm misremembering it but i i could have sworn i had a blade or I mean, it could have just been a, a similar type of dvd but it was just i'm looking it up right now i, I even typed in cardboard but it doesn't look like there was one it was that they, they were just the the standard black case i don't know i mean because like cds were jewel cases this wasn't a jewel case I don't know what to call it. Uh, clamshell. Clamshell. Thank the... you. Boom. But not the Disney clamshell, which is far more, far no, no. more distinguished. That definitely has, is copywritten, and you could not use it if you were not a Disney film without getting sued. It is. It <laughs> is much. the Apple uh, charger. Uh, mm. uh, it is. A, it, yes. It is. The, it was the lightning cable of its day. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to start sending Z- plain DVDs without any cases now. Uh, now they just put them in a little paper envelope. Yeah. Mm. Like if you buy a piece of equipment, like to like to install into your to your computer, and they don't, they're not going to give you tell you to download it from the internet. Depending on the time frame, it'll come on a D, on a, a DVD in a paper sleeve. But wow. you can download an NFT of a picture of the plastic sleeve. How, how do you know it's not just a, how do you know it's not just a JPEG? Because it's an NFT. Duh. <laughs> it says it in the name. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Also, there's like a little terrible looking artistic rendition of a of a, a monkey. I don't know what is that. Just eight like in the corner, so you know that you're a trash person. You mean a watermark? Shut up, <laughs> Ken. Why are you excited? What did you win? I did. I on eBay, I found the cardboard platinum edition blade DVD. So I there it is. You're right. It, I'm like I'm like oh, I remember right. opening that stupid case and being like. This is so impractical. No, but the case locks. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Is that, is that what they started sending early uh, Xbox 360 games in? Um, 360, no. 360 was always the clamshell, if I remember okay. correctly. The PlayStation 1 had these long plastic ones. That, like They were just like, it was only for theft prevention, so you couldn't just like pocket it, but eventually they just went, oh, no, just do a jewel case. Those stupid okay. proprietary boxes are dumb and a waste of plastic. And everybody, well, it also came to the like, oh, when people steal the game, they just take a razor blade, cut it open, and take the game out. It's like, yeah, yeah. they're not taking the package. They don't oh. need, they don't need the manual, despite our best efforts. Yeah, come on, I gotta walk the, you through the game. Those, they'll just steal it from Blockbuster. They'll pay the extra dollar. <laughs> We're making this a Blockbuster night, week, <laughs> month. <laughs> no more. Yeah, because there's a robbed them out of existence. You happy? I remember about yes. the the Resident Evil game for the original PlayStation was one of those long boxes, and I'm like, and they had the, like, the inside uh, an inside sticker behind the the disc, like it was they they did them right at the time. They're like, no, 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 this is part of the experience. You're gonna pull yeah. it out, you're gonna see that thing behind the disc. You're like, you won't know what to do. Now you get half a disc that says, "Don't worry, the rest will come later. Give us Oof. more money." Ooh, and a 14 trial for Xbox Live Game Pass. Say that again. I was saying then a 14 day trial for Xbox Live Game Pass. Come Did they come on, with those? I haven't bought uh, an actual physical game in like fuck. I think it depends on years. the it depends on the publisher, to be honest. Okay. Because I have received some in some games, but not in all of them. So what was the last I've, physical game you bought? Um Ghostbusters remastered, the <laughs> Xbox One remaster of the 360 version. I believe okay. that's yeah. Nice. Outer Worlds. I think is the last okay. one I bought. 
I think the division was the last one I got. Damn. Division two, maybe. Maybe it was Division Electric Bugaloo? Yeah. Because well, everything's all digital now. Why? It's yeah. the same thing we did when we had DVDs, Ooh, Pat. Look at all the memory I have. La di da. <laughs> no, I don't have memory. I just delete the ones that I haven't played in like. Oh, I just delete months. things left and right because I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> that was one thing for the Ghostbusters game is like, well, it's a it's a licensed game, so I'm like, it's gonna disappear. It's gonna be it's gonna be delisted. I'm like, no, I kind of want that. And it's like I really yeah. I loved that game. It was so. I mean, you had the original cast back. Everyone kind of. Everyone came back. It's kind of funny too hearing an interview with Sigourney Weaver. She had originally passed on it, but then like by the time that she had heard about it again, she's like, wait, everyone's doing it. I thought this was just like a throw, like just a side project thing. And she's like, I would have done it if I would have known it would have been like everyone back together. And then like, that's a bit of, I mean, Alyssa Milano plays the female lead in, in that game, which is, it's fine. It's a, it's a moderate role. It's a go in, in an early Ghostbusters uh, series it's a moderate role, which is mostly what you get for female characters in that. So, hmm. yeah, but it, it's, it's a, it's a really fun game. Speaking of Sigourney Weaver in games, I tried playing an alien game. <clears throat> which one? Isolation. Is that whatever the newest one is? Or Space Marines. New, newest one's Fire Team. Fire Team. And you're thinking Colonial Marines. Thank you. I was not, a, I'm not a huge fan of it. Of Fire Team? Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. A lot of falling crates, and then I mean, it seems like they like they made a game because they had the license for that weird sound effect that the aliens make and the guns make. <laughs> so they use the hell out of it. Get him! They like, do it. Yeah, like imagine just listening to an alien, just the sound like the sound effect over, over and over. Again. Yeah, that's, that's what I use like. for my and uh, the, white noise. And the awesome pulse rifle sound. Yeah, the pulse rifle. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I don't understand. That sounds cool as shit. I mean, I mean, the aiming on it wasn't that great, and, and ooh, the amount of aliens. Like aim. I think, and I just I thought I was going to really enjoy it. If I have to give you a critique or give you some feedback, I think like most games nowadays, they're all kind of moderate unless you add in friends. And okay. it, I don't think you you didn't play with me, so unless no. it was like with Bruce or um, yeah. Pat, yeah, get get two other friends in there, and then while you're playing and shooting aliens, you're also like. Oh hey, did you guys see that new episode of Boba Fett? Let's talk about that while we kill somebody. Oh God, get cover me! Also, I got okay. I would say the problem is you're more of a Hudson than a Hicks. The ultimate badass. Yes. Badass. A badass. David Hudson, you get over here. I am definitely a Hudson. Game over, yeah. man. Fair enough. Hey, what's up, dude? Fuck, are we gonna do now? Why you fucking put her in charge, man? <laughs> Classic, classic coward just throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's uh, I think. How did he even pass like basic training? Basic muster. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. Well, because they, they at this at this point in the series, this is the second movie. Like they they hadn't confirmed the, the xenomorphs. <clears throat> Whereas like in Fire Team, it's very much more of like, oh no, they exist. They're confirmed in the world. People know about them. They are prepared to fight them. They know. That like they know a better amount of them, so there's there's, it's kind of it's it's, it's a it's a little bit old hat, but also like if you if you watch the aliens movies enough, like it it's fun to hear that sound that pulse rifle, like you said, and you hear that hiss, and you you hear you're you're there with your friends, and you're just like you're like the sentry guns, man, that's in the room, that's in the room, like <laughs> <laughs> like that's the I so I I can I've and there's there's plenty of things about the game that are kind of like eh, wonky. Okay. But again, I think 
I think with most, just like Division. Division was fine. Division was awesome. Division was was fine once I got oh, friends in there to play. My, fine. It got repetitive. Like you just kept like, okay, we go here. I'm gonna blow that dude up. All right, I'm gonna throw out my bomb. I'm gonna set up my turret, and it's actually the same thing. Like you set up your turret. I've got the aid station over here. I've got these grenades that have uh, you know proximity mines attached. It's very similar. I'm I'm troubled by the only three player t- fire teams, which that that part we're so used to four player um, squads that a three player squad feels a little bit like oh I, I I want just like one more guy there to help cover another angle. Is that um, the point though? I mean maybe. But I mean, we saw the team in Aliens, so they were more than three dudes. I mean, there were only in. three that were useful. I mean, yeah, I there's mean, actually only two. Vasquez Ripley and, and and what's Ripley his Hicks. Hicks. Vasquez right, was right. useful. Vasquez was down. Yeah, yeah that's right. fair. Until the I mean, Terminator aside her. aside from the 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 Jewish woman playing a Latina, that that's otherwise she was down. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Never yeah, would have guessed that it was the same woman <laughs> from Terminator from um, T two. Never yeah. ever would have guessed that in a thousand years. Come on, look at that hair. Wolfie's yeah. fine, dear. <laughs> That's why she cut mother's, it short. Your adopted mother's dead. <laughs> your adopted parents are dead. <laughs> your foster parents are dead. Thank you. Whatever. We're all, we're, all, we're all try it. Your foster parents are dead. <laughs> we'll let the audience Robo-Cop, figure out who's better. Not Terminator. You watch Terminator, asshole. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I where where do I side? Come on, with the, the Terminators. Side. <laughs> you side with the Terminators. I, 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 I side I, with our robot overlords. <laughs> Very fair enough. Oh, man. All right, Avatar. Avatar: Last Airbender. Speaking of Avatar: Last Airbender. Speaking of overlords. <laughs> What I want to know is what makes him think he's so great he can dictate what we do in our lives. <laughs> if you could put a Fox News border around me, that'd be great. Thanks. Stuff. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm just gonna do one of those like motion tracks and just put like Tucker Carlson's face on yours. Yeah, no, I had like like deep fake that shit. Got it. <laughs> Why is it Ang sexier? See, there, there you go. Now perfect. There you go. Oh my god. It's- I can't believe that was at, he actually said these words. Of course he did, clip. because he's just the biggest garbage person that should be launched directly into the sun. But like, Fuck, man, but just just with a barrel of gasoline underneath him, nothing else. Don't don't spend real money to launch him into the sun. Just essentially light him in a fire. That's all I need. it's. It's so ridiculous. Did you oh, guys geez. you guys did see the uh, nude Eminem, correct? The, the new the new like in the nude. The nude. Okay. Yeah, because you did say D. I thought I, I thought I heard a D in there. Who cares? Do you sleep in the nude? So I was like, I was like, the and then nude Eminem. Yes. No. Wait, what do you mean nude? There's a, how are they nude? nude? This one like half eaten or something? No, there's the there's the brown Eminem who's been oh, given. Uh, is the brown Eminem the one? Okay. Or, 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 is this gonna? Hurt? Is, I'm is about this, to ruin your day. Is are you my DeviantArt Pat? internet history about to be completely screwed here? Yes. <laughs> no, because I just put it in chat. Aren't all M&Ms nude? No, they have the candy shell. So this one would be just without the candy shell. I'm guessing isn't, that's isn't, the inference. Isn't, yeah. that skin, isn't that skinless? I guess Ooh, it depends. I had to turn off. There's nothing under- that's not an M&M. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's not an M&M. <laughs> Do we, do we have a Space Jam scenario? Do we? Do we? 
Mega yeah. trick. <laughs> Face off. <laughs> oh, man. That got tricked. <laughs> he's, he's watching scat videos now. I don't understand what this has to do with M&M's, but... <laughs> you want your chocolate? Here you go. I love that Pat's like, I don't understand what this has to do with M&M's, but I haven't All turned right. away yet. <laughs> I will find this later. It, it, it made the rounds on Twitter, and it is, it, it is quite well, disturbing. The, did someone I, draw this? Yeah. Like they took the M&M's shell off. But then it's just, it's just chocolate, and so it looks no, like a brown M&M. No. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't Why? like this. I mean, I'm sure Tucker Carlson has it saved somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep my sexy M&Ms. Thank you. You got you to get off. You got to get off, man. I don't know what you want him to do. It's a... <laughs> I want him to die. That's what I want him to do. Yes. But, but... as fast as possible. Like, <laughs> I mean, preferably before the end of this month. Let's just look. I'll, I'll give, give him a couple days. He's jerking off to nude M&Ms. That's a David Carradine situation waiting to happen. So. Dude, David Carradine lasted way too long after stealing work from uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he but he also probably didn't look at new, the naked Eminem until like right before he died. So it's fine. Is that it, apparently judging from what you're saying, it's it's the way to go. So is someone just flashed no, this, the cursed image in front of him, go. and he's like, "Oh God, not the way to go at all." You, so you, you, you should go your own way. You can go your own <laughs> way. You. Go your own way. A karaoke, karaoke episode. All right, back to Avatar. <laughs> fishing you guys back in. We Where finished we season off? one. There we go. That ends with a um, dead girlfriend. Yes, dead girlfriend. The moon's back. That's cool. Kidnapped, av- kidnapped uh, Avatar, right? No, he's, no, he's he rescued by Katara. Okay, right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so they can hook up later. Oh, you know they they so they so hooked up off camera all the time. Just tween friends with benefits. Yeah. What else are you gonna do on a? Uh, I feel like we're your get safe canceled. search is definitely off. Deviant <laughs> art. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're in book two. So book is, two. Yeah. Um, Earth. I think in the interest of a timeline. I think Kareem, your 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 first episode, your most memorable episode, is first chronologically. Yeah, Kareem. yeah. So I got book two, Earth episode six, the Blind Bandit. So, I mean, this has got to be. I think it's a fan favorite, right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty. It's also probably one of the more more iconic episodes from the show in general. Uh, and it's, you know, I'll read the brief summary of it. The introduction of. Oh no, that's my own writing. Still seeking uh, earthbending, <laughs> still seeking earthbending master. Ang and the current uh, Ang and the crew stumble upon an earthbending tournament. While there, they find a vine master earthbender, Toph, a girl whom Ang uh, saw in a vision in the swamp, uh, that, which comes back into play several times actually throughout the show. Um, Ang challenges her to an easy uh, and easily defeats her with airbending, but she refuses to teach him uh, earthbending. Both Ang and Toph are captured. By the owner of the Earthbending Tournament. Uh, I, again, I liked it just because uh, I think I mentioned in my notes uh, that she becomes a pretty cool and iconic character for accessibility and inclusion. I don't think I've ever 
other than maybe that Ghostbuster who was in the wheelchair had really ever seen characters, um, you know, with any type of uh, differently abled, differently abled individuals, and not only differently able but like main characters and like you know the, the writers having to not necessarily write around it but write to include it as, as kind of like their feature i would i would say one of the most interesting things about the character is that they don't like you said they don't shy away from the fact that she's blind in fact it becomes a joke but not in a hurtful way it's they'll well, say it's like, like didn't you see and like no i didn't like okay that's that seems like a realistic way to include that well yeah and any person uh or parent or anything that's looking for a way to explain you know uh particularly uh, being vision impaired or anything like that it's actually her ability is based on the uh the fact that she can't see and that she has to uh, you know it's one of the reasons why she becomes one of the best earthbenders out there if not you know the best is because she can't see and she uses her senses for other things and it kind of heightens her ability to earthbend so again like you said they don't shy away from it they actually make it uh a strength in the show and they take it seriously too it isn't like like you said they her friends joke about it with her but nobody in on in the earth itself you know the the, the reality that exists in make fun it's of it. not mean-spirited mm-hmm. um I de- yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely in, like this is one of those few times we see <clears throat> a, uh, a blind hero character that you, you kind of identify with. I will say, however, I'm a little ashamed that you forgot about the TV show Mantis um, and that he was in a wheelchair except when he, he wore the Mantis suit uh, played by the, by the fantastic Carl Lumley. And really, it's a damn shame because that show was great for it. I, I, didn't, I didn't forget Mantis. I said animated. <laughs> oh, Okay, fair enough. Was was um, there was there a cartoon of Mantis? I think you know what the funny thing there is. Might, I bet there might have been. Yeah, I bet there was in the works at some point. They're like, no, no, wait, wait. The show's so good. We're gonna do an animated series next year. And they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, they canceled Oops. the live action. What about this animated thing? Yeah, Get that book out of here. <laughs> Get the shit out of here. But yeah, <laughs> Mantis was. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. And, and and it's it's she's presented in such a way too. Like it's not that it's. It's not even played like um, it's not meant to, to like to play in your heartstrings. It is very much like no, she's she's completely capable and she's there to kick kick butt. And it's like you see a little bit too of how she has been like di- diminished by her family and by her father. Toth, there's too many of them. We need an Earthbender. We need you. My daughter is blind. She is blind and tiny and helpless and. Fragile. She cannot help you. Yes, I can. And like, oh no, you can't do this. You can't like this is she's just a blind girl. You can't like when they when Ang and them go to see her, I'm like, oh no, we need her help. And like, no, my daughter can't do that. And it's it's really good that they show she's just a strong, competent character to be from the get-go. Like, it's really good. And I do, and like, of course, all the d- different wrestling stuff. If like, if you're a fan of wrestling, the way they kind of play that in there is like the boulder is conflicted. I was and- gonna say she's the second most important. Behind the boulder, obviously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously. I mean, um, but yeah, though that's it. She's definitely worth like. She's great to be introduced, and right off the bat, like you think, like, oh, are we going to have Boomy be the one to teach her? But like, no, no, he he finds a teacher that's right for him, and that's kind of the interesting thing of like you know, 
him him going into seclusion for those hundred years, he would have had Bumi as be, be his teacher, or he would have had another uh, another contemporary at the time. But now he he waited the right amount of time and he found his his teacher. And the same can be said for his fire for his fire bending teacher, which we'll yeah. get to. Yeah. Well, that, that was the other thing that they kind of did when they um, started pairing him up with uh, people he can learn skills from is by keeping them within his age range. I mean, I, I'm assuming he'd be a great student regardless of, of age, but it just seems as they introduce new abilities and he kind of travels the world with these individuals that it just kind of works that they're all around the same age and kind of learning um, and going through life uh, through these kind of things. But like you said, uh, I would just kind of harken back to your parent thing. I also, you know, any parent who's watching this with a child might see themselves in this, uh, especially if they have, you know, if, if it isn't just uh, physical disabilities, mental disabilities, you know, you, I've, I've read stories and, and spoken to people who initially, like if your child has autism, you, you without having sought, um, you know, guidance or things like that, people tend to baby their children thinking that like, oh, because they are differently abled, I need to protect them. And I think that's represented with her family. And we get to see the side of like, you know, if you understand your child, if you understand them, you realize that, um, these things can be a strength or that they, you know, they are very much capable, uh, more capable than, you know, maybe even the outside world sees them. So it's just that dichotomy of like, how do you protect and, and, and nurture a child of, of different, uh, different, differently able child versus like, you know, just treating them as a normal kid. Yeah. Uh, what's your guys first one? Well, um, the next up we would have chronologically would be episode seven, the very next one. And I think that's Pat. It is Zuko alone. So I'll read yeah, the summary. This, this guy's all on the Zuko, Zuko nuts. Yeah, I like to have a good time. Um, <laughs> after leaving his uncle, Zuko continues. Oh, I got, uh, never mind. Remind me later. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Did you get the naked Eminem? No, no, no. I wish because I would have immediately sent that to you in chat. Okay. After leaving his uncle, Zuko continues his solo journey. He meets a boy in an Earth Kingdom town who brings him home for dinner. While this happens, Zuko has flashbacks about his life before banishment, involving his loving mother and cruel sister, Azula. Why, here comes Azula! Um, So I will also note that Kareem wrote on my notes, weird man boner for Zuko. You do. (laughs) <laughs> you have Fair a enough. Man boner for um, so I really like this episode because it is a bottle episode in many ways, and it's basically a Western. Yeah. Like it is, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's a Western. It's like a Clint Eastwood movie in a half an hour um, in like a little half an hour bottle episode. Um, it also kind of deals with the fact um as I put in the notes, the price of colonization, you can't be a hero when you represent the villain. Um, you know, if you compare it to Jet, who I hate, as we previously discussed. <laughs> yeah, I, on, I, I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, yeah, fuck Jet. <laughs> um, but he is deemed, like, if you're looking at it from a macro level, he's deemed as on the side of good, doing bad, while Zuko is trying to be a good guy. It's one of the earlier forays forays into him trying to be a good guy. But when the town finds out who he is, or at least that he's associated with the Fire Nation, they want nothing to do with him. His association with that, the fact that he's still tied to the Fire Nation means 
by that fact of itself, he cannot be helpful to the village. Yeah. He's teamed with the bad guys. But just the fact that it's literally like a Western. It's 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 a Clint Eastwood film, just like shovel smushed into this little episode. So can I get 22 minutes of Unforgiven? Can I just get that little? Just throw that in there. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Like every Clint Eastwood, every Clint Eastwood movie where he plays a <clears throat> Southern soldier looking for redemption. Yeah, just do that for twenty-two. <laughs> Thanks. Where it reminds me of like the stuff that they do with most Marvel movies, excluding the ex- in, uh, Eternals, which is garbage, uh, is where they allow a director. <laughs> I'm saving you here. Um, where they allow a director to kind of have their own take on the characters or the storyline itself, but with like a genre kind of behind it where you have like the action comedy um, of like Ant-Man or you have the um, uh, spy thriller of uh, Winter Soldier or you have like the Shakespearean aspects to the first two Thors, stuff like that. try and make Thor happen. No. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the park? They better did. than that. I didn't do that. They did. But don't try and like the Shakespeare. Shut though. up. Just just skip Thor. Fair enough. <laughs> just that but it, hate. It, it reminds me of that when you said it's like a Western where they, they yeah. you know, they already have their own set genre for this particular uh, uh, property, but they're, you know, kind of, you know, they're stretching their feet saying like, you know, what else could we do within our own parameters and, and make it interesting? What was yours, Ken? Um, are we going in episode order? Because yeah, I was gonna say, I, oh, we yeah, can. I was gonna say, sure, we we're going in episode order, and I realized I started that. And I'm like, okay, cool, this will work out. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that. I picked up, I picked two very late in the series, um, choices. So then next up would be Pat with again, yeah. My next episode is the drill. Ang discovers a secret Fire Nation super weapon headed straight, heading straight for Ba Sing Se and must stop it before it destroys the Great Wall which protects the city from invasion. Meanwhile, Jet, that piece of shit, wishes to recruit Zuko for his freedom <laughs> fighters but learns a dangerous secret about him instead. My God, I They just made a big drill. Like It's so like, hey, there's a big wall. What would you do? Why don't we just make a big ass drill? Done. Yeah, that's all we're gonna do. Make the biggest drill possible. It's gonna be powered by fire. That's it, or steam. That's it. Big ass drill. Done and done. We love the plan. Just like, yeah, you're not trying to overthink and over engineer. We gotta get through there. How do we do it? Drill, hole in, done. (laughs) And then like to see too, even how the the earthbenders try to stop it, and Mm -hmm. they're just like, nope, we just shake, we just we're we're gonna keep going. Yeah, like, there's a reason it's kind of, yeah, it's a reason it's kind of round. Like, yeah, we're not, yeah, no, everything is made <clears> to like, yeah, just a fucking drill. We're good. We're gonna jam our way with our big fire nation cock right into your city. <laughs> Very much so. It's extremely phallic, guys. Come on, let's not pretend. Yeah. Well, and if yeah, if I remember too, like this is the part where it's like, um, what's his <laughs> Um, Uncle Iroh warms up his tea because it's too cold and then he's like look at the old man he's drinking hot tea he's like yeah and he's like he warmed it up what's wrong with you like everyone starts to turn on Jet and I'm yeah. like yeah it's a, fuck it's a, Jet hey, Jet was fair. right damn it I mean he he was but it's like but it, 
oh god that just makes me think of the the oh man oh man sorry i just had a flash of uh big lebowski like mm-hmm. yeah it's right but you don't gotta be a dick about it or something like that <laughs> i'm trying to remember the, the scene but but yeah, yeah i mean for all of jet's faults uh, his parents were murdered by the fire nation so you know hey when you're gonna see fire everywhere i mean but we it's already like your opinion we know that, man yeah we know that Jet's an unreliable narrator, though. So were his parents really killed by the Fire Nation or did he do it? Yeah, that's a good point. We don't know. Like, it's, I, I don't know if I can trust him. Like, if yeah. he maybe would have not been a jerk to my boy, you know, Sokka, then maybe I could trust him a little yeah. bit more. Now, he Sokka's tried to, an asshole, too. Um, Sokka's Sokka. misunderstood. And, and he, come, he, he turned. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Turns the corner quickly on. He's like, "Hey, yeah, because he because he was able, you know, let's, why? Let's, he was let's, able to let's live this out because he was able to live to turn the corner. He he, they both made it to, to the end of season one. They both made yeah. it into into season made, two. Yeah, it's like it's like near the very end of season two. So he had plenty the, of time. He's just like, nah, trying suck to save him. Jet. I mean, after the brainwashing, yeah, yeah. So not only does he lose his parents, he's brainwashed to like try to attack him. In, uh, did he lose them or did, over, he, did he did he cut them loose? the brainwashing and sacrifices himself. I mean, he's, he sacrificed yeah. his parents. Why wouldn't he Look, sacrifice himself? Jet was never going to have a chance with me. All right. Like after the first episode, like I get it. There's an arc there where you like, yeah, 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 that's fine. I don't like Jet. I'm just not going to get over that. I made a decision and I just stuck with it. Fair enough. Fuck I'm not Jet. here to convince you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do love all of the all of the machinations and like how they have to try and disable it so many different times. They finally go inside and then like just that little bit of water they use to cut those cut those cross beams. Yeah. It's a lot of good like oh it's like problem solving and stuff there. It's it's good. And then in the end when the earth I mean this is like going forward a few episodes but when like yeah there's they try to get through the wall and then you know the dialy's like no they didn't and nothing happened they're fine and like they just covered all up and it's like wow that's crazy like the it's it's just this giant drill, but there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is no war in Ukraine. Bossing sake. Excuse hey. me. No war within the walls. Here we are safe. Too close. Too tough. Here. This is never going to make it on YouTube. It's <laughs> <laughs> not in the Kremlin. <laughs> Get demonetized there. Yeah. Well, I guess that goes right into mine, right? Is or yeah. chronological? Yeah. Yeah. You already set this up, so you got to I, end season two. I I just taking the reins of this show, boys. Well, I mean, <laughs> just going back to what you're saying about there not being anything happening in Boston say like that is, again, another, I believe, iconic thing that I think there's like, obviously, there's memes of this one, right? Of of what's her name? What, what is Julie? Julie, yeah. Um, oh, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Julie. Yeah. She, she gets replaced and then she comes back. But uh, yeah, I, I chose that one just because I thought it was an episode that didn't have a lot of action uh, as far as, you know, what the show kind of can do mm-hmm. and it's coming off of a ton of action as well, but it's still a super interesting episode, you know, where they're, they're being shown the city and they're kind of, you know, um, you get that weird Hitchcockian like second layer of like, Oh, there's something going on. She's super creepy. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, be a uh, uh, gaslight. They're, they're basically gaslighting their guests and just like saying like, Oh, you know, we're, we're all fine. And it, you know, in retrospect, now I've, I've even grown more appreciative of it because, you know, they were pulling from stuff that I, you know, hadn't even thought about as far as politics were concerned. Uh, and it's more 
prevalent today than you know it was back when the show was at least being written at the time or at least i was aware of sadly so uh i really enjoyed that one and uh like i said it's just a way that i felt like the writing just kept the show at a high level for this season even though there wasn't a ton of action at least not for that episode i do feel like season too like you really they start to stretch their legs with the writing and it really start to see what they can do with it like it is it is as cream i think you pointed out last episode season one definitely is it's a kid this is all a kid show but it definitely feels like a kid show in season one or season two they really ramp up like the themes and kind of the what's actually happening there and i think ken's episode is gonna even dive deeper into that and make us all sad yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of funny because we just we like we did like seven and then eight. And then we now we're here doing 13, 14 and 15. Like it just yeah. the hits are just like it's just like right there. Bam, bam, bam. It, it's and the show's firing on, on all cylinders because you you do have those those high points that then, that then give you like, oh, well, those need to make way for an episode of just like, OK, we need a, a moment of rest. But then there's like this even this rest is tense and eerie and off. And then like, OK, well, then we're going to move into my first pick of the season, which is Tales of Bossing Say. And it's my pick for a for a bunch of different reasons. Like I like the anthology nature of it. Like, OK, well, here's this is uh, Katara and um, Toph on their own little adventure. And there's some great moments like they, they get to have have a moment together and be the girls and feel how they've been stuck with these two boys that they're like, yeah, it's my brother and that and the and Aang and just it is whatever. But Toph never had a girlfriend before this. Like she was just kind of in, on her own in the house or, you know, the occasional fighting in the wrestling stuff. Like this is her first girlfriend. And she's like, she gets to express what that means for her being both blind and then like, oh, well, let's try some makeup and make ourselves so pretty. It's like, well, what does that mean to me being a blind person? How does that and it, that plays out great there. And that hits you in like those heartstrings. And then you've got Sokka's who's far more laid back and just kind of fun. Cause he's like, Oh, he, I think he stumbles into the, I guess would be a, a, a school. Cause they're, 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 they're um, learning about poetry um, haikus. Yeah. Poetry and haikus um, specifically. And he's like, he's just kind of throwing stuff off the cuff and it's landing and it's kind of fun. Um, but of course the main reason I bring up this episode is because of, the Uncle Iroh story. And it's, oh, you know, I'll, before I go into that, I will mention, I believe this is the same episode that has um, Zuko dating the young girl uh, from, from the tea shop that he meets and like kind of like, oh, goes on a date and he's like kind of trying to experience what life is when he doesn't have to be the son of the Fire Lord. Like he's just, he's not Prince Zuko, he's Lee. He's just a kid who works in a tea shop and that's a good moment for him too. And so like, it's kind of, it's great that we get to see all these kind of down, like low key moments in their lives and what it means to them at that time. Um, and then on to Uncle Iroh, who helps a mugger who's trying to who tries to mug him. He's like, "No, no, your stance is all wrong. You gotta, you gotta stand like this." And you know, you're gonna, you're off balance here. And then he helps a little baby and sings a little song to him and gets them to to calm down for his for her mother. And and then it's all in this culmination of he's had this day off because he's going to have a moment to honor his son who passed in the first war. And like Ebony's over here, like, you know, getting misty and I'm doing the same thing too. Cause it's the, once you start to hear the lyrics and you're like, Oh wait, he's singing about his son. He's singing about his son that passed. And the reason why he gave up the war, the reason why 
when he first tried to siege Bossing Say, he heard about his son's passing. He's like, I'm done. I'm I'm out. Like we're done here. Like I, I laid siege to this this um city for they say something like a crazy amount of time. And then when that happens, he's just like, My world's gone. I'm done. I'm out. F the war. I'm gonna go home. I can't take this right now. And so then you you see how that hits him and how that has affected his relationship with Zuko and how he it like it all plays back in your head and just this moment of like this as you go and like and you see it a second time or a third time and you're just like God like all that weight that is on that moment made all the heavier with the last screenshot of um, I think it's in loving memory of Mako <clears throat> pardon me everyone is because Mako passed away. Uh, before this episode aired. And Mako is a famous uh, Japanese actor. Um, I believe he's Japanese. I feel horrible that I'm suddenly misremembering it. Uh, yes, he is Japanese. Uh, he played a lot of different roles. He played Master Splinter in some of the intro stuff. He played, he was in MASH, which is one of the, the first times that I saw him. Um, but he was in Conan the Barbarian. And he's just has like a laundry list of roles he's had throughout the time. He, he's Aku in Samurai Jack. And so like all these different roles and stuff, and I could probably pull up a list and go, go on for, he was in <laughs> a bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, so it's like, he had this, this career that was pretty great. And then do you think that he passed before they were able to wrap up the series and have his character kind of come to the conclusion that they, they wanted for him. So like that, that episode hits like it's, it's great at the time. And then on rewatches, it has so much more weight to it. So that's why Tales of Boxing Say is my first pick of season two of like the most memorable. But given a fair, I will admit a fair amount of it is outside character knowledge. And it's it's not just a standalone of the episode. But even with just the stuff within the episode, it still feels very hefty and heavy on the heart. Well, I mean, to your point, all the things that, and I think it's, you know, we're just kind of beating a dead horse, but all of the things that they've studied and they added into this were so thoughtful that, you know, all the outside stuff you're talking about, they put, they took into consideration uh, when making these episodes, you know, unfortunately for the passing part uh, that adds, like you said, added weight to it, but they knew going into this, like they wanted to do uh, a father son kind of memoriam. They also wanted to kind of, they're also setting up um, the, I guess what we, what we come to realize is his kind of impression, his, his imparting on, Suko, as you said, like why he cares so much, why he's, you know, being so patient. Like there are times where you're like, dude, you could, you don't need this. Like you've lived a life, you've done what you've done, you've lost or something. Like, and but he's trying to kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say replace or regain any of that, but he's trying to fill a void, I would assume, with this. And so when they kind of have their their outing and you see him kind of broken by that, you have that knowledge as well to that. So, you know, that and that the writers all are thinking about this. This isn't just like, Oh, let's get to the big fight at the end of, of the show or any of that. It's like, you know, let's take some time to sit in these areas in these pockets of the story and live them. Not, not just, you know, move on, like you said, go from one one action sequence to the next. It's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take an episode to to just have them serve tea. They, yeah. Even though they we have let, a limited amount of episodes. They do a really good job of letting things breathe when they need to breathe. Yeah. I would also say in terms of the Iro Zuko relationship, um, he's, I don't think it's, I think it's not just trying to fill that hole that was left by his son's passing. 
but that he does see that Zuko, like everything he is doing is for approval from a parent who will never approve, who is just a bad parent and a bad person. Like Iroh knows his brother. Like he knows that he's a piece of shit. He's got that down. And he knows that Zuko is in at his very core, a decent kid that is just extremely confused and hurt and will do anything to get that kind of acceptance from his father. Yeah. Yeah. And he and it's it's it's, and yeah, to the point he's he's not trying to replace him. He just doesn't want history to repeat itself in that a son could push himself further than he needs to and you know put himself in in a dangerous situation. And he's trying just to break the cycle of hype because I'm sure this is I'm sure there's times where he may have felt where he he could have done something different and his son could have still been there. So he's like, no, I need to not make amends, but just try and try and write the ship as best he can. And that that's, that's where it's like everything that comes after with Zuko and stuff hits. So like every episode hits harder because you have all this knowledge, which you knew some of it before. Like you knew, you knew that his, his, his son had passed and you knew that he, like that's what had pulled him out of the war, but you didn't know how much it still weighed on him on the day to day and how it still is just like, well, he needs to take the day off and just go do this. And like, it's, it's not, it's, it, that's when you see like the, maybe you didn't see the deaths, but you, you acknowledge the the deeper well that, that Iroh had there as opposed to like, you know, other characters like Fire Lord Ozai, who's just like, I'm evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's pretty evil. So, you know what yeah. you going to do? I mean, <clears> he's <throat> voiced by Mark Hamill. Would, I mean, who is also evil. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, it, it is, it's weird to say it's many ways the Zuko Iroh story arc is about healing generational trauma, but in many ways it is because you can go all back to uh, Aang's predecessor and you can see a straight line from, I can't remember his name. I Fire apologize. Lord Ozai? Yeah, uh, no, no, not Ozai. No, the, Aang's. Oh, um... Aang's, the, the predecessor of Aang and yeah. his friend who was the one that decided I'm going to take over. But you can, you can kind of see that. And Fire Lord, who's who's the ah? Uh, because I'm sorry, it wasn't Ozai, but it was Fire Lord Sozin. Sozin's Sozin. That's right. There we go. Um, I don't remember if Ozai follows Sozin or if there's someone between. Well, it's a hundred years, so there sh- so probably there should be at least person. one. There could one be, but there doesn't between. necessarily need like depending on their their the age and the stuff. Age, there yeah. could because Boomy is what. 80 something years oh old, that's 90. true boomy's still with us so yeah so it's it's only one generation i would assume yeah so but yeah these people I live long it, they, they yeah. eat healthy yeah they work out they live i long. mean you know there's not a like a lot of mcdonald's around there or sexy m&ms for them to eat uh, they need oh, those fast... fire flakes Mwah, chef kiss <laughs> <laughs> fast food uh, cabbage stands <sighs> all right ken how else are you gonna yeah. depress us yeah take um, us out and, of this this depressing and then hole you <laughs> the complete the complete opposite side of the spectrum is the I'm going back to I had my wrong list open. Um, oh, actually, stuff? no, it's not my not mine goes, the opposite. Never mind. It does not go the opposite. It is crossroads of destiny. I was oh, thinking of my God. next season. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still just on a downswing for this because which is actually kind of a good job of it's it's I mean, if you look at if you're looking at the Star Wars of it, you've got new hope mm. ends on a ends on a positive. Mm. Uh, 
Empire ends on the mm. down note. Things are kind of like, uh, they're not looking so great for our heroes. What's going to happen next? And then you go into book very three. True, so yeah. this is very much like um, Azula. You have uh, Katara and uh, Zuko down in the mines underneath the mm-hmm. bossing say. And they're like, they're, they actually seem like they're rounding a corner. Like, oh, maybe Zuko's not all that bad. Maybe she's going to help him. You know, maybe everything's going to come together. And then Azula hits those right buttons and flips Zuko and just like, no, this is going to go the other way. And it gets, it's not the last episode of the season, but it's like the one just before where you're just like, uh, where, how could things go? Are we, are we possibly going to see, you know, a happy ending for season two? And then spoilers for the next episode. No, like it's, there's a lot of good moments of seeing how things are put into place. And you're like your expectations for a kid's show and for a a cartoon, like, Oh, the heroes are going to stop them here. We'll find something for next season, but no, um, that's not the case. They, everything kind of turns to crap kind of quickly. And like all the stuff that, that Ang was trying to even actually come to think of it. Ang does the thing where he's like, oh, I'm still training with um, Monkey Yatsu, not Monkey Yatsu. He's training with one of the monks and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to unblock my chakra so I can regain access to the avatar state. And he leaves before his training's done. He's like, no, I've got to go help them. And that's the wrong thing to do. And that's, it's actually very Star Wars in that way. I hadn't thought about it till just now. But yeah, he, he goes before his training's complete because he needs to help his friends and ends up maybe not making things worse, but definitely doesn't end up helping and actually puts him back several steps because of what happens, you know, going forward. So yeah, it's, I, I ended the season and they ended the season on a bit of a down note, which is, well, did they kind of telegraph that uh, going into that episode saying that Aang was going to make the bet, make the wrong decision. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely set up that way, but I mean, it is also part of like your expectations versus like, you're like, well, right, they're, right. St- they're still going to save the day. And in the end, they just, they escape on the on the falcon that's kind of all they do is they get out of there on appa and like katara has to use her healing water and yeah that was it was but it was still a great season and and because i'm surprised that i didn't think of it till now the parallels with star wars but it's all right there because it was its own good story i would assume like yeah i think all of season two um introduces us to really strong female characters not just tough but i mean uh katara gets more in you know after season one where she kind of gains some more fighting abilities stuff like that, she becomes more confident more of you know co-leader versus just like the healer so to speak like they're you know and have that making, cleric role <laughs> yeah she's she's making decisions right alongside Sokka and everybody else that you know have weight to the entire story we get Great, you again. Ah! Yeah, I didn't think so. Nicely done. My favorite, which is, you know, aside from Toph, is Azula. And I'm like, you know, I mean, she goes through some weird like aging between season two and three. But when they first introduced her, I was like, oh, this is a really cool extension of like where um, Sokka, I mean, uh, where Zula was go- uh, going, Zuko was going versus like, you know, I thought she was going to be like the bad version of him and he would be, he'd be able to turn the corner which i think is what you were saying ken as far as the misdirection like we thought like oh he's already gone beyond that and we have that new evil presence he doesn't need to yeah turn he doesn't need to go back to that and then she ends up like you said kind of turning him and now you're like 
well, now the, you know, evil side, bad side has even more people. Like, how are they going to overcome this in season three? And once again, the, the character of Zuko going back to that, I know they're, it's really kind of a bold step to take to have him backslide like that. But because they've done the work to lay the fra- lay the groundwork for these characters' personalities and kind of make invest us in all of them, not just Aang and Katara and Sokka, it allows that to happen and still feel earned when the inevitable redemption occurs. It's like, yeah, he backslid because everything he wanted was being handed to him and what he wants it's not it's acceptance and love from his family yeah so of course that temptation is going to overwhelm him yeah kind of similar i mean it's it it just goes to speak to the quality of writing because it's even as much as we i mean we talked about it before i believe i believe that was here now i'm now i'm mixing up my podcast because um with cobra kai because you're a podcast whore yeah (laughs) slut 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 super giving it away um, but like they're You're like the, the damn Eminem. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of 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 the same similar stuff can happen in Cobra Kai, where it's like because all of the characters do get a more well-rounded, fleshed-out backstory that you'd like. If there is a backslide, if something comes, you're like, oh, I see how they got there. Not just like I'm gonna do a stupid thing for a stupid reason because the story needs me to. Like everything that happens in this is very much like, oh no, like I see. I see why Zuko felt susceptible because Azula hit on just the right points because she's that manipulative that she knew how to play him and she knew what to say. Like, you know, we can grab him right now and get your honor back. You know, your dad would love to see you. And dad doesn't give two craps about him. I mean, if he shows up cool, if he doesn't cool, he doesn't, he's fine either way. He wrote him off the moment he spoke up in that war meeting. Like that Mm -hmm. was it. Well, it's it's also like you said to the writing that they used sibling rivalry to lure him back in because I don't know if you know another quote unquote commander would have been able to kind of you know shift his course as hard as it is to like have someone you've grown up with and someone oh, yeah. that you feel is taking your spot something that you've you know even though you've trying to turn your back on you've spent so many years doing it and now your younger sibling is going to sort of cash in on all the hard work it's. Like, no, I'm going to take credit for this if, if anybody's going to do it. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty, because at first, when they first introduced her, I'm like, where was she at this whole first season? And I thought it was, at first, I was like, oh, this is lazy, right? They're just going to introduce this random character that we've never heard about as a sibling. But then you see how she plays out and how they kind of meet each other throughout the entire season. And she keeps kind of taunting him. And you're like, no, that's what a younger sibling or any age sibling would do in this kind of weird, messed up family dynamic. As we learn as Zuko alone back in episode seven. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Before Ken dr- drug us down on a motion bill. Yeah, I'm sad now. Uh, yeah, well, that's and that was book two. Earth, which, which arguably Earth. could be one of the, the best books of the of the three seasons. I mean, I love it's probably my favorite. I would say I think it's probably the most well written. Um mm-hmm because they don't have to tie up loose ends and they can really do some depth to character exploration. Yeah. They're just in there yeah. doing the work. It's not just like, well, we, now we yeah. have to wrap this up and, and close this off. And they, <clears throat> they get, and also they think it speaks to the idea that they, despite not having every specific written down, they had an overall idea of this is where we're going to go, where I do think with Cora, 
we have a bit of we've got one season as for sure. So okay, so we've got one season. Okay, cool. Oh, then this much into it, we've got oh, we have a second season. Okay, cool. Then we got we've got three new seasons, or we get four. We got four now. So they have to kind of keep changing where the goalpost is. And whereas with this, it was kind of like, this is our plan. Can we get to it? And they kind of just kept working towards that goal. And that is, I mean, we can, we've talked a little bit in the past about Star Wars too, of like having the idea of knowing your pacing and know when you're going to, what your end goals are. And at least a good idea of like where you're going to end up is over here. Whereas if you're just like, uh, oh, but then, you know, lost is a hit. So we're going to have eight more seasons. And you're like, well, uh, I wrote out, uh, I wrote an outline for three seasons. That was all we planned to go to. So now I have to fill in stuff. I can add more stuff, but I still have to close it all up. So then we end up in a church and no one cares. <laughs> no, you end up in purgatory, stupid. No, <laughs> no, not for another four more years. Yeah. Tell me. That's not where we're <laughs> headed to. Yeah. But no. I mean, Psych! Yeah. One last thing I wanted to say was that looking at it now, thematically speaking, that's season two is where they're grounded. Like they don't, travel very far outside of the earth yeah outside of the earth kingdom in season one you're going from the south uh uh south water tribe to the air temple to some other places in between then you finally get to the air temple like you're you know the the group is traveling in the earth kingdom season two they're just there that most of the time until they fly off or whatever or whatnot so they like you said they're just kind of there and you got like we've been saying just sitting in those stories then you go to season three and they're still sort of traveling they go back to the uh, Western Air Temple. They, you know, travel somewhere to like learn some other things in in different places. They're kind of still moving about. It's like like Ken said. It's Return of the Jedi. It reminds me of the Dark Knight trilogy because it ends on kind of a melancholy, like what happens from here. But is probably the best of the bunch. Yes. So really, That's- the problem is you should only watch the second movie of every trilogy. <laughs> yeah, Terminator Two. Are you going to count T3 as a, are you going to break those off as a trilogy champ? You going to do that? <laughs> no, even, well, even if we did, even if we broke those off and they, you know, we said those were part of Canon, this dark fate one still is the third one. Wait. Okay. Wait. So then, yeah, that's, that's fair. But wait, so after T3, you've got salvation. Oh, okay. So you got salvation Genesis with a Genesis, Y Genesis, and then dark fate. So that's, was there another one in there or is that it? I think no, that's we have a show. That's right. The show, which is awesome. So, okay. So you've got the, you get two trilogies of two. Wow. The sequel trilogy. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But, but the sequel trilogy is also a prequel trilogy, depending on wh- how you look at it, because oh, time which, which, which one you count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to take T1 tonight. and T2 and we'll just dump the rest. Sounds good. Except for the TV show. We can still watch that on DVD or I'm not, I dump the rest of the movies. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. TV show is awesome. <laughs> yeah. TV show is great. Get CRC over there, shotgunning dudes is great. (laughs) Happy birthday, my son. If only I could have helped you. Leaves from the vine falling so slow, like fragile tiny shells drifting in the foam. Come marching home, brave soldier boy, comes marching home.